all across the planet, there is a word that seems to be just echoing nation after nation, key ministry after key ministry. And surprise, surprise, without even knowing, Hope Center's jumped on the same word. We're declaring that this year is going to be a year of restoration, where God wants to restore things for each of us and all of us. Don't just believe that God's just going to restore the crowds back into buildings and, you know, the, no, 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 no. That's part of it. I, I believe to see every one of the values of Hope Center, our worship, our commitment to community, our commitment to growth and mission. I believe to see new expressions of that restored. But you know what? I want to see your health restored. I want to see your family restored. I want to see your joy restored. And you know what? If each member is flourishing, the whole house flourishes. If each member of the family is strong, the whole house is strong. And that's what we want to see for all of you today. And, you know, it was only a couple of weeks ago. You, you say in Brisbane before the flood and they think you're Noah. Um, well, uh, they look at me and think I'm Noah. That's not kind. Uh, but just we were just on this, this moment uh, on our launch weekend where there were so many cool things launched and you dialed in and we, we all shared a message out of Ezekiel 37 as God was awakening the word of the Lord, the prophetic voice that, that brought the valley of dry bones into life. And in that moment where there was a sense that God was calling us to step into a new space to be prophetic people. And it's in line with that today that I want to draw your attention to one of my favorite Psalms. We, a few years ago, was it two years ago, Pastor Ben, we, we did the Songs of Ascent. This is one of the Songs of Ascent, Psalm 126, Psalm 126. I may already be into it by the time you get there in your Bible, but if you want to grab Psalm 126, we're going to go to 137, and eventually we're going to land in the prophet Joel. Psalm 126, we may not get time to deal with this whole psalm, but... Perhaps the first three verses will suffice for what we feel God is wanting to say to us today. It says this, when the Lord brought back the captivity, most versions say when the Lord brought back the captives to Zion. But when the Lord brought back, this is the New King James, the captivity of Zion, we were like those who, say the big word with me, who dream. That's what we're speaking about today. Then our mouths were filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. I love their response. Read verse 3 out loud with me all together. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. You know, this morning as Kieran and the team just, just began to lead, I, I thought, I'm so in the zone of what God is wanting to say today. It's already began. Uh, you know, sometimes a preacher gets up and has got to preach to nudge things forward. I feel like all I'm doing right now is preaching to the choir. I feel like there's something already begun to stir. And so we're just going to move in with what the Holy Spirit's doing right now in this moment. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. A little bit of background. God's people were so discouraged. So discouraged. They'd been captive in the foreign land of Babylon for 70 years. Locked up. Captives. They were in that space without their freedom, without their culture. Without the 
ability to fully express their faith and worship. But God had begun to do a new thing. And there was a trickle. Not everybody yet. I mean, no, somebody, when God begins to do a new thing, it starts as a trickle before it's a flood. It starts as a, as a tiny stream before it's a gushing river. And when the Lord brought back the captives of Zion, this was, this was at that early phase when God was beginning to do a new thing. I want to stand before you today and tell you, I, I feel what's happening in the atmosphere. I sense what God is doing in the spirit. I here today prophetically declare that God has begun to do a new thing. You can't always see it with the eye, but you know it with your spirit. You don't always feel the buzz of it, but you just know God is up to something. Does anybody agree with me today? God is up to something, and he was up to something here. The captives had just begun to stream back to Zion. He was bringing them back to their homeland. Wherever you read Zion in Scripture, it usually speaks of Jerusalem. Oftentimes it speaks of a particular hill or mountain or rock there in the heart of the city. It really just means the city of the Lord, that place where the temple was, the, the place where people centered their focus and their gaze on the Lord and experienced his presence. And so the, the Lord was bringing the people back to Zion, that place where they belonged, that place of peace and strength. That place of freedom, that place of worship. In captivity, however, it was so different. They were so defeated. The Psalm 137, it actually documents what had happened in those seven decades when they were locked up. In those seven decades where they'd lost their freedom, when they were captive. Listen, listen to what, what the writer says of, uh, in Psalm 137, speaking of that moment when they were captive in Babylon. Some of, how many of you remember Boney M? I could sing it to you, but I could halve the crowd. No, we're not doing it. You don't pay me enough. No, I'd be paying you to stay. By the rivers of Babylon. There we sat down. Yes, we wept. Listen. We wept when we remembered Zion. The good old days. The way it used to be. The glory of God, his temple, his house. It was amazing. It was breathtaking. And, and now we're so far away. Now we're locked up. And when we even begin to think about it, it's depressing. Look at the effect on it. Verse 2. We hung our harps on the willow trees in the midst of it. We gave up on our song. Took our musical instruments, put them in a tree. For those who carried us away captive asked of us a song. And those who plundered us requested mirth, saying, Sing us one of those songs of Zion. And they said, How? How can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land in Babylon in captivity they remembered what they'd lost on so many levels so many levels it was so depressing that they just gave up have you ever been so depressed have you been so down that you just gave up no too hard they said we're done and so they got their, their harps put them in a tree 
I don't know if you've ever been that low, but I have. It's not a great place to be. It's not a great place. What I've discovered, when the enemy is trying to trap us, when the enemy is trying to bind us, one of the first things he'll steal from us is our song. Our song. I've sat with people. They're going through a difficult time and they just said, I just can't sing anymore. You've probably been in those moments. You're in a service like this, but you can't bring it out. It was 2012. Still remember it. Interestingly, it was almost about this time of year again. Something about March. I was preaching in a setting that was being broadcast from Sydney across the developing nations and I was told that there was just a ridiculous number of churches and church planters that were leaning into that moment and I was that person that got to speak to them on mission, on evangelism, on church planting and about 10 minutes into that moment everything went blank and I didn't know where I was, who I was. I had things on the screen, I didn't, couldn't recognise what it was. And it was one of the weirdest moments in my life. Contacted a doctor and they said, uh, you better get him checked, he's had a stroke. Now the good news is I hadn't. They'd done a lot of tests and I was just capitally exhausted. I'd preached 20 times in six days in each of the three eastern states and the two islands of New Zealand in the space of six days. That will do it to anybody. But the one word that got into my head was stroke. Obviously, 10 years ago, I was in my late 30s. <laughs> late, late, late 30s. And I'm thinking, this doesn't happen to people my age. And it just so happened that Lynn and I didn't even intersect. She was heading to a conference and, and I wasn't even, you know, I didn't have anybody at home. And, and I still remember been in the house it was a stormy day and I don't know if I've ever been that low and I thought I'm gonna die and somehow or other the enemy who comes to steal rob and destroy stole joy peace and hope and 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 I I don't know how long it went but it was for a few hours and and I was in the darkest emotional place that I can ever remember being and out of the blue my phone rang it was a friend, a peer in ministry, based in our church, not on staff, but was just driving and, and, and felt the Lord said to him, ring Wayne Elkel. So he rang me, he said, how are you? I said, I'm, I'm not in a really good place. He said, that's interesting. I felt the Lord told me to tell you to read the book of Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk, if you know it, Habakkuk is complaining about there's a lot of bad things going on, but he gets to a point where he says, Though the fig tree doesn't blossom and there be no fruit on the vine. The stalls are empty, everything's hard. Yet will I rejoice in the Lord. The end of that, that book, by, after him making a decision to rejoice in the Lord, the Bible says he took his feet, which were heavy, and then made them like hinds feet. Have you ever, have you ever seen, seen a young deer prance, prancing and, and dancing on the mountain, no longer weighed down? Can I tell you something? I made a choice. 
I remember praying this prayer, Holy Spirit, I just don't even know how to do this, but I'm going to worship you. And I put on some music. I said, okay, help me. And I still remember as I began to sing on my own, out loud, something shifted in my heart. I said, devil, you're not going to steal my hope. You're not going to steal my health. You're not going to steal my future. And you're not going to steal my song. And something shifted. Can I, some people in this room right now, you've been through a difficult time. Planet's been through a difficult time. Our community's been through a difficult time. Do not allow the enemy to steal your song. Because he, here's the deal. The enemy knows your song is a key to victory. Oh, I'm in a dark place. Well, let me take you to Acts chapter 16 with Paul and Silas. Talk about a dark place. The Bible says they're in the innermost cell, in chains, at night, in the nude. And they said to each other, how about we share a psalm? And the Bible says, and they began to sing, and I love this, and all the other prisoners heard them. Somehow or other, we've got to start making sure the atmosphere is aware of what's in here, that we believe that what's in here. Some of us are, I'll only praise when it's good. Hey, let me tell you, if you only praise based on, your, on the good days, your whole faith walk is going to be like this. Let everything that has breath do what? Praise the Lord. The end result of Acts 16, when Paul and Silas in a dark place chose to praise God, chains broke, prison doors opened, they were set free and people found faith in Jesus Christ. Don't let the enemy steal your song. Even when the enemy's mocking you. Look, look it says in, in, in verse 3, the, the, in verse 2, the, the, of, sorry, of, of Psalm 137, it says the, the captives, the Babylonians, would get the Israelites and say, go on, sing one of your religious songs. Like a drunk at a party. Go ahead. Go ahead, sing Sweet Caroline. American Pie, go ahead. Go and sing you one of those religious songs from Zion. Go on, go on. Hey, watch this, fellas. You watch when these, when these poor captives tried to sing and they, and they said, how, how, can we, how can we do that? How can we sing in a foreign land? In, in some versions, I put it so well, I, I, I like it. It says, how can we sing in a strange land? Have you noticed that? The last couple of years, we've been in a really strange place. 2020, this virus, like what? Captive, locked up. Now, here, I'm today, I am not here to talk about government policy. That's not what my point is. But I am here to address the state of the human soul that has happened as a result of this. A lot of us have felt locked up 2020. And then 2021, we moved from being people that said, we'll get through this together to, oh, your opinion's different to me. And we weaponized opinion and things got nasty. And, and I used to think, well, what, what has happened to our nation? Where, where did kindness go? Where did peace go? That's why I used to say over and over, do what you like in this church Choose your choices in the middle of all this pandemic. You've got to own your own convictions regarding your own body. That's not, that's not my choice. Just make sure we stay kind to each other. That's, that's it. Just stay kind. And, 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 and sadly, 
people like me were on the receiving end of some pretty interesting emails. And I used to look and go, what? What? And social media. And, 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 and then, and then the, the whole personal situations where we, we lost freedoms and, 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 and face masks. Now I know who's in church. I didn't know. Who is that masked man? Remember that? Lone Ranger. Who is that masked man? It's Pastor, uh, what's his name? It's pa- uh, Ben. <laughs> Who is that masked man? It was just very, very strange. I don't know if you've noticed, if you didn't think the last couple of years was strange, it was. How can, we, how can we sing those songs of Zion in a strange land? We've, in fact, not singing. I'm going to make sure it's, just, it's absolutely impossible. All I'm going to do is I'm going to put my harp up in the tree. Singing's impossible. But the Lord was doing a new thing. The Lord was restoring his people. In the midst of that, in the midst of the captivity, when, when we felt locked down, locked up, isolated, the Lord was beginning to do a new thing. Do you know something? A, a, a leader said to me the other day, during 2020 especially, remember that? 1,900 hours, we were praying against COVID-19. Family altars were rebuilt. And we prayed. I always believed that we weren't just praying to stop a virus, but we were praying that would start a revival in Australia. And I still am waiting to see the fruit of that. In fact, the little tiny snippets we're seeing now is the start of the work of restoration. And when God begins to restore things, he brings a song. When God begins to restore things, there is a sound. When the, when the dry bones began to come together in that valley, the first thing that happened as they were coming together, there was a sound. Let me tell you something. God, I heard it this morning in worship. There is a sound that comes with the work of God's restoration. It's a sound of praise. It's a sound of joy. It's a sound of encouragement. It's a sound of hope. It's a sound of faith. It's a sound of helping the preacher preach when he's preaching good. It's that sound. There's a sound in the air. When the Lord brought back, it's a sound of expectation. When the Lord brought back the captives from Zion, we were like the three things that he did. Three things that he does, three expressions of God's restoration when we come out of captivity. You can imagine what I was lived, like to live with during lockdown. <laughs> My personality is not meant to be locked up. <laughs> but God has set us free. And part of coming out is part of coming in to what he has for us. And with that work of restoration, we have dreams, we have songs, and we have laughter. When I see dreams, songs, and laughter, I think God's up to something new. There, and, and you were already this morning, there, there was a song, and, and, and Pastor Ben said it. I'm sure the, the, the team here, the, the, it, it was, we, we had a two-part. We had women at the front and men at the back. It's part of our theology. And... Uh, uh, in, in the week that had the International Year of Women. Yep, poor response. But anyway, girls, I love you. Um, you could hear it. I caught you, Pastor Matt Bolton. 
I caught you looking around as people were worshipping God and you couldn't get the smile off your face. It it does something in the heart of a leader. It it was coming out. Do you know why there's a new song? Because God is doing a new thing. But get ready for the laughter. Joy. He's restoring joy. Restore to us the joy. Say joy. The joy of our salvation. Laughter. Not like, I've met some Christians. Yeah, I'm happy. I just keep it in. Good for you. People started noticing. I want to be part of a community where others who don't yet know Jesus say, the Lord's doing good things for them. I, I, I don't quite know what it is. But, but whatever it is, I think I need it. The Lord has done great things for them. And I love their response. Oh, yes, he has. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. I tell you what, I'm going to tell you something. I am declaring over this house a new season where there's a new song, where there's new joy. Because where there's joy, there's strength. And when you've got strength, you'll win and live in victory. If you were looking for a morbid church, we can give you the directions, but it ain't here. (laughs) Dreams, songs, laughter. We've only got time today to just zone in on that one thing that I feel is very much the word of the Lord to this house. And we're going to worship and get ready in just a few moments. Somebody wise wisely said the poorest person in the world is not the person without the money but the person without the dream when the Lord brought back the captives those of us who felt locked up restricted restricted isolated we came out of that and we came into a place where we were able to dream again my mission today is quite simple it's to give you permission to call you to that place where you can dream again where you can dream again everyone in this room has been through some tough times I acknowledge that it's been really tough last couple of years we've already talked about it it's time to move on it's time to come out of Babylon and back into Zion but no matter what even when corporately things are starting to improve everyone's got their own pain I was talking to a young man yesterday for a long time who was down there helping his grandparents in Lismore. He said, Pastor Wayne, I've been pulling dead cattle out of trees, cutting horses out of barbed wire, floodwaters over the roof, story after story after story. It's heartbreaking. And then I've been talking to people working in the Ukraine. You, you know what? That's been good for me gives you perspective it actually causes you to put your complaints on a chain some people are going through some pretty tough times now individually I understand some people are going through massive health problems personally I understand that and there's been difficulties relationally and and some of us have even experienced the grief of loss and that's difficult it's very very difficult But in the midst of it, there is a peace that passes all understanding. There is a Lord that doesn't 
want his people to stay trapped in one place forever. In Babylon, they cried out. God heard them. They cried out. He led them out. That's what our God does. In contrast, we have an enemy. His name is the devil. He wants you to live in your past. He wants to trap you in chains that look like shame. They look like regret, disappointment, sadness. And guess what? Those things are life-sapping. And they paralyze us. We stay stuck. But there is a call of heaven to come into that new day. Come out of captivity. Come into that place where you can sing. Come into that place where you can laugh. Come into that place where you can dream again. Not spending your life looking back. The enemy laughs at you. How dare you sing that song about miracles? Look at what you're going through. How dare you sing those songs about a God who provides? Look at, come on, let me tell you something. We don't sing into our situation. We sing about our God. And as we sing about our God, it shifts things in the invisible realm. We, we don't just sing about it. We don't sing about that. We sing about him. And somehow faith is sparked. And it's the seedbed of so many good things. So let me take you to that place where the dreams begin. In Joel. I've been parked around this verse in my heart for the last couple of weeks. Joel 2, 28. We're going old school. It says, and it shall come to pass afterward. Would you say that word with me? Afterward. Afterward. Not living in the beforehand. Not living in yesterday. Not living in what? could have been, not living in woe is me, not living in wow, it's really, really tough because Joel 2 documents very difficult times at so many levels for the nation of Israel. But the people of God turned, their hearts led into him. And it says, and after that moment, it will come to pass that I will what? I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Oh, let me tell you, there, there was so much adversity for the people of Israel. But God began to respond to the heart's cry of his people. Said, God, we're turning to you. We've been stuck here. But we don't want to stay here. We want an afterwards. And that comes to pass. And after that, that I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You know something? In difficult times, our options are real simple. We can throw our hands in the air and go, life's not fair. Let me tell you something. I agree. Life's not fair. I don't know why a lot of bad things have happened to a lot of really good people. I've had people ask me, come on, explain to me why this happened, that happened, that person died. I can't. I just know that even when life is bad, God is still good. And I can give up, throw my hands in the air, complain, life's unfair, or I can make another choice. I can stay trapped. I can stay captive to the situation, or I can make another choice. I can run into the presence of God. I can say, this was bad here, but I'm coming out of the beforehand, and I'm stepping into the afterward, because I need him to again pour his spirit out upon me. Yeah. 
And when he pours his spirit out upon me, there's a shift. Not only out there, but it happens in here. Dreams, visions, prophecies. They're all the language of heaven. Dreams, visions, prophecy. Let me tell you, let me be simplistic. It's the same thing. It's, it's seeing what God sees and speaking what God says with authority. It's getting out of the, out of the mundane, getting no longer trapped by the natural and living in that supernatural realm. I want to dream again. Are you with me today? I want to dream again. The same God that sets us free also unlocks that spiritual dimension where we can actually be people filled by and led by the Holy Spirit. I can tell you that's my story. Most of you have heard me share. A few years ago, Pastor Andrew had me down here to share my story. I'm a preacher's kid who wasted my entire teen years, didn't follow him for a day. Came to the Lord somewhere after my 20th birthday. But I was really cynical about the whole work of the Holy Spirit. But I was struggling as a believer. And I remember... I prayed this prayer in my bedroom. Everybody was out. And in the goodness of God, he gave me that moment. God gives you moments with no one else around. I said, God, I I don't know if I'm going to make it. I feel like I need the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And if it's real, Holy Spirit, if you're real, fill me here and now. And I can tell you something, it was one of the most profound, it affects me today. It's one of the most profound experiences of my life when God poured into this somewhat messed up, insecure, struggling human being. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And he didn't just give me a new prayer language, which radically revolutionized my prayer life. I, think, I know why Paul said, I thank God, I pray in tongues more than you all. I believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. Struggling with your prayer life, be being filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit will help you pray. He'll guide you and lead you. We're in languages of heaven. But he did something else that night. In an extended season, extended time, I, I can't even tell you how long it was. It was way more than an hour. It was maybe two or three. And I lay there, and he showed me something. I started to help in the youth ministry in our church, which was really small. Nine of ten kids. And God showed me something. He showed me a fire that started to break out, and I was part of it. Showed this this young man that had struggled with faith all of my teen years. Showed me standing in front of crowds that was just, you could, couldn't see the back. And I was the preacher. He showed me fires breaking out all over our nation. And within a couple of years, I realized that this was this new ministry which became Youth Alive. Where countless tens and probably hundreds of thousands of young people got swept into the kingdom. And out of that, more and more things have happened and that ministry was used to affect the Australian church and God's used the Australian church to affect the planet. He gave me a dream. From that day on, 
my life had a new definition. My youth group didn't explode to thousands overnight, but I was walking in a new reality. I'd heard from heaven. And now, at my age, he's doing it again. And I'm an absolute pest to be around. Because I can see our nation ablaze in revival. I refuse to believe that the best days of the church are behind us. I refuse to sit by the rivers of Babylon and remember what used to be. I'm getting my harp out from the willow tree and I'm singing the song of the Lord again. I, I, I can see. I, 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 there's something in my heart to see in the next just few years, 500 new churches planted in this nation alone. I can see a move of God where teenagers and children and families and seniors are swept into the kingdom in unprecedented numbers. I'm dreaming again. It's not something you get hyped up to. You don't even put your hand up for it. Heaven comes as you step out. I'm not staying locked up in captivity. I'm stepping into what God wants. Oh, it's been difficult. Been the toughest couple of years of our lives to lead anything. Everybody's got an opinion how you could do things better. Hasn't been fun. But I'm not sitting by the rivers of Babylon, moaning and groaning. I'm here in the Holy Ghost saying, come out of that place. Come out of captivity. Come in. Come back to Zion. Come back to the city of God. Come back to that place of refuge. Come on. There's never been a better time to get yourself into public worship services. Anything that says, oh, settle down, shrink back, that is coming from a place other than the heart of God. It's coming from hell or laziness. Smile at your pastor who loves you passionately. Come on. We're not staying stuck in Babylon. We're coming out. And then coming out, we're coming into something. Somebody get on your feet. Come on. We're coming out of something. And we're coming into what he has for us. It's a place of freedom. It's a place of outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's a place where we can sing again. It's a place where we can laugh again. It's a place where we can love again. Unrestricted. Where we can experience what he has for us. Come on, begin to sing the song of the Lord. Come on, pour your spirit out, Lord. Pour your spirit out, Lord. Come on, raise it. Give it praise. Give him praise.
Wow, what a powerful name. Here's the word of the Lord. Here's the word of the Lord. It's time to come out of captivity. You, you know, the children of Egypt, they were locked up. Children of Israel were locked up in Egypt. And they came out of Egypt, but guess what? It took decades to get Egypt out of them. Some of us have been in isolation. And it's time to let isolation get out of us. Come on, we're not staying locked up in our spirit. We're not staying locked up with, with, with an abbreviated faith. It's time to say no to the mocking lies of the enemy. Oh, he's subtle. He, he's such a deceiving liar. This is what he does. He just drops in little words like two. Oh, Ben, that's a nice dream, but you are too. Yeah. Go ahead and sing your little song. Don't forget you're too young, you're too old, you're too damaged, you're too, too, too. We say no to that stuff. We say no to that stuff and we come into what God wants and we're going to bring back and we're going to take our song back. Amen. We're going to sing in the night. We're going to sing when it hurts. We're going to sing when the enemy's mocking us. And we're going to resist that lure to live a small, restricted life. We're going to dream again. Oh, I'm going to pray for you today. Because God wants you to live captive to a compelling dream, regardless of your health, your age, your background. When the Lord brought back the captives from Zion, They were like men that dream. The enemy took them out, but the Lord was bringing them back in again, and he's doing it today. Can you say amen? And he's pouring out his spirit. And in a moment, I'm going to pray for people that say, Jesus is my Lord, and I love him, and I've been following him a long time, and I'm going to pray for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit afresh in this house. But before we do that, can we just bow our heads? Some of you haven't been in a church service like this. For a long time, maybe you never have. Maybe you've been checking this church out or other churches out online, which is wonderful. Maybe some friend of yours has been sharing their story of faith. And the more you hear their story, it becomes obvious that they're free. Thank God Almighty, I'm free. Free indeed. And maybe in your heart you're saying, I, I want that. I've been captive to my own shame and guilt and mistakes. Just I've been captive from something that's kept me away from a loving God. And today I want to get right with him. Maybe you once did. Maybe even in COVID you just got angry at God. I, you wouldn't be on your own. And, yet, and you, somehow you drifted right away didn't pick up your Bible, you feel like you and God became strangers. Maybe that happened a long, long time before that. Maybe you've never had a relationship with God. You say, I don't want to live captive to my past. I want to step into a future that God has for me with him in it. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to take a moment to pray for people and say, you know, you're talking to me right now, Wayne. I want to have a living relationship with a loving God. And I want to start right here, right now. Just to make it easy, just so we can define the moment, I'm just going to ask you, 
when I count to three, just, just for no other reason, just to give you that moment to say, I'm ready to do that. And I'm just going to ask you, I just want to pray for everybody that does it. You won't be on your own in a crowd this size. I, I won't even be able to see every hand, but God sees every heart. But it is a good thing to say, I'm actually going to do this today. So if you say, you're talking to me, I want to get right with God. I've never had a relationship with him or it was, it's drifted. I want to get right with God and stay walking with him for the rest of my life. That's you. Ready? When I count to three, just raise your hand straight up right where you are. They're not going to do anything. They're going to ask you to do anything. But just say, I'm ready to be prayed for in this very, very important moment in my life. Are you ready? One, two, three. If that's you, just raise your hand up in this room right now. Say, that's me. Include me in that prayer, Pastor Wayne. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Who else? Just, I'm going to just wait a moment. Cross this room. Your heart's telling you you should do this. Who else? Thank you. If you've raised your hand or you wish you had, put it upon your heart. Pastor Ben's going to tell you how this ministry is going to help you from this day on. But this is your moment. With your hand on your heart, I pray that you would know the extravagant love and kindness of God. That you would know what it means to be forgiven and accepted by Him. And that you would walk in the wonder of His grace. And we agree for it from in Jesus' name. Why don't we congratulate people that made that decision?